Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Hi, hi, Shashi. Hi. How are you, my dear? Good, good, Dominic. How are you? How's Meredith? Oh, she's great. Oh, hold on one second. Hi. Hi, Meredith. How are you? Hi there. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Good to hear from you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here, yes, yes. Meredith. Thank you for having us. Thank you both for being here and agreeing to this. I mean, uh, I'm really thankful for to both of you for this and taking out time for doing this. Meredith, please tell uh, us a little bit more about yourself. I believe you are Welsh. Yes, actually, um, my father's family is um, more Eastern European. My mom is Mexican. Uh huh. And so I'm half. <laughs> But Meredith is a lovely Welsh Meredith name. Meredith is a Welsh name. Yes. Ah, okay. That's nice. Yes. So you yes. are also pretty intuitive. Um, can you say that because of your descent? Yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. I have been since I was young. Yeah. <laughs> I did yes. read that about. Uh, I read about it by by the Welsh. They were by by nature they are intuitive. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So when uh, Dominic <laughs> told me uh, about you a little bit, so I was like, I want to talk to her. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Um, as we uh, had told Dominic, there's lots of. Um, differentiation uh, nowadays whether it's india or america uh, basically people remain the same so i was hoping both of you could throw some light on relationships today is that okay with both of you Absolutely. sure yes yeah. that's you great thank you so um i would like to know how you both met you must have had your own other journeys before you met and then how did you come together how did you sort of Uh, get over the past baggage and then come into this and then carry on from there. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, both of us, you know, had had you know long lives before we met each other. Um, we didn't meet each other till we were thirty six, and um, married when we were thirty nine. Married when we were thirty nine, and so you know we've had lots of different relationships throughout the years and. You know, at the point where we were around 36, like we found each other on a, a website, mm-hmm. a dating website, and the way that I was referred to it was I was moving back to my home area in the San Francisco area. I was living currently in Phoenix, and as I was moving away, one of my very good friends came to my going away party with her boyfriend, and I'm. Was talking to this guy, and at the end of the night, I said, "This guy is so nice. Where did you meet this guy?" And she goes, "Oh, I met him on a site called Spiritual Singles." Mm. I said, "I've never heard of that." And she said, "Well, it's you know really high quality people on there, so you know give it a shot." And so I moved back, and as soon as I got back home, I filled out just a. Um, You know, a profile, and I was very honest about you know the challenges that I'd had. So I had some physical injuries, and um, you know, a spiritual challenge as well. In over the last few years, that I was very vulnerable. And then this lovely lady 
happened across the same site, but in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going through ascension at the time Uh and um, really opening up spiritually. And I had a friend that had passed away about a year prior and I was actually uh, searching on the web, uh, like what ascension meant and ascension symptoms and all of this. So as I Google ascension, a website pops up. Uh-huh. And it's called, it was called Ascending Hearts. And I thought, oh, that's so interesting. It's a dating site. Let me click the link. Uh-huh. So I clicked the link and I scrolled around and I found Dom. And he had his uh, profile on there and I could only read part of it. And so I thought, oh, wow, what I could read. It is so nice. We, he seems like such a nice guy and he doesn't live too far from me. But in order for me to read more, I had to pay for it. <laughs> so I paid, and um, I was able to see more of his profile. And I realized, wow, we have so much in common. We both have had some challenging um, times in our in our past and a similar journey. And so I, I actually made the first move and emailed him. <laughs> and <laughs> we started just communicating. And then Real after, quickly, yeah. Real quickly she, she fibbed a little and said, oh, I'm going to see my friend over in your neck of the woods, which was a lie. She just wanted <laughs> to be in my neck of the woods. And, uh, and she said, do you want to meet for coffee? Huh. And I said, of course, sure. Yeah. So, um so we, I met him we met at a, a little local place, and we were sat down, and I said, would you like to share a piece of pie together? And so we had tea and pie, and we... Couldn't stop talking. And then, I, you know, I think, believe, about three hours into it, I said, so do you want to take this, this uh, relationship to the next level? And she said, well, what do you mean? I'm like, how about dinner? Huh. <laughs> and um, so, so we, walk, we walked down the road, and we went to a local pub, and had um you know some really nice great dinner. food yeah, and just nice conversation i think we talked about eight hours though. oh yeah, yeah. Wow. and then i knew that night yeah i remember that night looking at him thinking and i i don't know if i told you that night but i said wow i feel like i'm at home i don't think you're going to tell me that out loud <laughs> no but i knew no i think i said i felt like i'm at home you told me that now yeah yeah he felt so um familiar like I had been waiting for him my whole life, and that night I knew that that was it. I knew that I was probably going to marry this guy. I don't wow. think he knew it, but I knew it. <laughs> I would need a little, a little more pushing, you know, a little more awakening and ascending myself. <laughs> and that was the beginning, and that was almost ten years ago. Yeah. We met on eleven, eleven, eleven. Wow. That's when we met. Yeah, auspicious day. Wow. And it was just, huh. yeah, I, yeah, it was meant to be, mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. Well, so then, here we are. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> wow. Quite interesting, very interesting. Yeah. When, you know, like almost you knew before the night, the first time you met him, you knew that maybe he's the one. And yeah. Not maybe, in your case, at least you knew that he was the one. It was very interesting. I think that's your instinct uh, as you should meditate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it was, I was led to him in a weird way. I know it was the internet, but I felt like uh-huh. I was that's just. Like I wasn't was in control of it. Huh? Like I wasn't in control of it. it yeah. You weren't controlling no. it. It just. It just happened. It just you know, happened. just kind of happened. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. 
very interesting so um since i know both of you had your past baggages um and how did you not let that in come into your um, you know the the relationship you intended to take further well i think um you know it did mm-hmm. you know because i had like i said i'd had a a series about uh, about 3 years of a very extreme nerve injury mm-hmm. um which i think we talked about on, on the last time i spoke with you yes yes um that i was quite gun shy at that point mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. doing anything because that was a big concern of me like i wanted to get healthier and yes uh i was a little nervous about this and every time she take a step forward i would take a step back and i would be like well well i need a little bit of space here you know and what really what really got to me was you know i've been doing all of this work since i was 24 of okay how can i be a better version of myself how can i do better and one of the questions i started asking myself was okay this woman is just trying to love me or like give show me affection why is this so hard for me and that really was the my biggest difficulty was to let someone you know care for me because uh, i felt very fragile at the time and I remember it was probably about 4 weeks, 4 or 5 weeks into it. it wasn't too far into our relationship. Um, you know, I was over at her house and I had almost decided that I was going to break up with her. Oh. And I didn't didn't know how to tell her and I wasn't <laughs> sure what was going to happen because I I felt like um there was a an uneasiness about it and I felt really uncomfortable and um you know, she turns to me at one point and she says dom how could i be a better girlfriend to you like what what would wow. what do you need me to improve upon in order to be a better girlfriend huh. and it floored me and you know i get emotional every time i think about it because what woman that i know has ever said there may be something wrong with me what how can i be better you know when it's usually well you're something wrong with you if you don't want to be with me yeah. you know so this is just amazing um the vulnerability that i said i'm not letting this one go hmm. right decision dominic yeah i think so too i know so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. but the way you're saying it now okay i don't know if meredith will uh, agree to this um but uh, because she um she kind of pre knew um you know that you were the one and you like you said that she took one step forward and you used to take one step backward we also say that you took a step backward because you had commitment phobia uh me personally yeah yeah yes yeah and i did too yeah mary did, did too she would she would I, throw herself forward and then realize oh what the hell am i doing <laughs> and then but she but no, she would but have a commitment phobia yeah. before i met you Yeah. I was so. I couldn't commit, but when I met you, I was ready to. Yes. to commit, yeah. which was different for me. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I you know, there's something about labeling it as a maybe a commitment phobia because I'm not a big fan of labels. Yeah. But you know, in some le- in some levels I was afraid of commitment. Yeah. But I always thought that if it's the right one, I wouldn't be afraid of commitment. But this Uh-huh. I think when I was with her because I felt the intensity of what it could be. Uh-huh. I felt like I wasn't enough for her. Mm. 
And I felt like a big part of me was that I felt I needed to be a better man before I could step up and step forward. And, and then let, we had a turning point. And we did. With our friend Chris, who yeah. thought yeah. that you have to have every a man needs to have everything in place before you can make that commitment. A good job, you know, the, the yeah, a, a I, savings. Yeah, it was funny. I was I was uh, had to work while my friend was in town, mm-hmm. and so my wife had to take away my very attractive young friend mm-hmm. um, <laughs> around the wineries and. Uh, and so they were chatting, and he, he mentioned this to her, saying, hey, listen, try not to put any pressure on Dom because men need to have this. They want to have their ducks in a row. Ah. You know, I know he loves you, but he needs to, you know, feel like he's the right man for you and that he's good and that. Uh-huh. And when I heard this, uh-huh. I was kind of taken off off guard because what I ended up saying to him later, I said, well, if it's about the money, huh. The status, the house, whatever it is. What if, if I wait while I'm just dating this person for a long time? Mm-hmm. Maybe it would take a long time because I don't feel like I'm much of a man. But what if I just married this woman now, and, I, and then I became a better man, and I attracted those things faster? And that was my turning point of saying, I think that is the, that's the order you do it in. You pick the the woman who's going to be in your corner, supporting you 100%, who believes that you're the man bigger than you believe believe yourself to be, and then you actually track those things in a much faster way than you would have if you'd done the wait until you feel you're ready type of thing. And I think it worked. <laughs> wow. That's truly amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think... I really hope many people who listen to this get that part right because always you're waiting to become the perfect person, the perfect carrier, mm-hmm. the perfect house, and then you want to move forward. But then what is perfection anyway? When are you ever going to be ready, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's like exactly. a more of a mental shift which you had, Dominic, which really pushed the whole thing forward. Uh, is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah. Correct, Meredith? What did you feel, yeah. Meredith? Did yeah. you feel that, you know, when you... Uh, was so vulnerable and you told Dominic like how would you become a better person for him so did you feel at that time you were not good enough for him like you know at some point that's what Dominic said he felt so did you also feel the same way at that time like this Sochcast tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store yeah I think so I think I before Dom I I really questioned my self-worth uh-huh. and if if I would be good enough. Dominic's a very strong personality, <laughs> strong, strong man, um, but also very talented in so many ways. And I just wasn't sure that I was the right fit for him in the beginning because we were, we were very alike, but there are some differences as well. True. But I just felt that I was ready to do whatever it took because I knew that this was this is the person I wanted to be with. So if it meant that I had to take inventory on my life and who I could be as a person to to Dom, then that's what I needed to do. One of the things I talked about with her probably about after our first year. Um, this is an interesting 
you know, conversation of what would make is it their stars yes you know their charts absolutely willing to be vulnerable yes work on themselves would that be enough to have a lifelong commitment of love because in those you know three or four things of just really being vulnerable being humble as person you can on any given day because some days the best version of you is good <laughs> wow and you then um, both of you decided to work on yourself become better for yourself and for each other and then you tied the knot mm-hmm. yeah wow yes we did yeah yeah that was was it two years it was, it was uh, three years after. Was it three years? About two and a half years. Two and a half years. It was quite. It was a, a quick courtship. Pretty much, I think. Why? Why you have to wait and see? Because people who have, I come, I come across people who have waited and you know been together for seven years and nine years or whatever, got married and then broke up. So I don't think uh, you know once you kind of figure mm-hmm. it out and you are had, uh, no, there's no point in waiting. Um, Endless because you're never going to know ourselves further. How are you going to know the other person anyways for life? You know. Mm-hmm. I I have to add something though. I think that what's made Dom and I work is that we have a strong uh-huh. spiritual connection, and we both understand, mm-hmm. and we both understand energy and. The force is larger uh-huh. than us. And yeah. And we whether you call it God faith. or the universe, you know, we, um, we both, you know, we, we pretty much yeah. pray every night together. And, you know, and for the, you know, those that are religious or those that aren't, you know, praying doesn't have to be a, a sitting, you know, down in dear deity above me or it is, it's giving thanks for what we have. Mm-hmm. It's asking for strength so that we can serve others and be the best for our family and, you know, wish, you know, see how we can help those in, in the world around us. And that's made us strong. That is actually um, having something higher than you and that's what keeps this going. There's a purpose higher than you both as individuals yeah, and absolutely. as a couple and that I think that's the purpose at large which plays a great deal in your mm-hmm. married life now. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, um, I wanted to go back as well. When we were talking just a moment ago about yes. working on ourselves and what it's going to take, there's actually a technique that I use with people uh, when I do some of my coaching, and mm-hmm. I call them ifs and buts. And so let's say I'm, we're talking with someone who wants to have, you know, who wants to okay. propose to their girlfriend, okay. but they haven't. Then I say, Okay, let's see what what needs to happen uh-huh. or conditions need to be fulfilled before you can do this. And so let's write down the ifs. Uh-huh. I would propose to her tomorrow if, and let them list all the ifs. If I had more money in the bank, if I, my job felt secure, if, you know, something else happened, you know, all of these things. And then I say, I would marry this woman tomorrow, but... And let them list all of the conditions they have in their head. And what it really comes down to is just a story that's, you know, preventing you from loving yourself and loving that person unconditionally. It's all a lie. And it's a, a, an illusion. Wow. 
that's tremendous actually tremendous i mean it really sh- will then show to them yeah just putting small uh, investors of obstacles themselves before committing uh, to the other person wonderful way dominic really wonderful yeah well because if you if you really ask the question you say uh, what needs if you really summarize what needs mm-hmm. to happen before you marry this person if you narrow down all the things of security money status what it would come down to is that uh-huh. i feel confident yeah. and i feel happy so why don't you just choose to feel happy today and marry the damn woman okay i'll not say the damn woman but i'll say a lovely woman right 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 there you go there you go oh, okay that's nice Very nice. And Meredith, what do you, would you, uh, since you are also into helping po- people and coaching people apart from being a teacher, so what would you be telling out to the ladies there to do, like when they are in this kind of situation, um, you know, had their past uh, relationships in some way failed, and um, how would how do you think they should go about it and not get fear that they'll be rejected again or abandoned again and then go ahead with it that's such a good question i think that if i look back at my life before dom i really needed time to get to know myself and i really think what it comes down to is self love that's what and not i think and also not fulfilling what you thought every man wanted you to be or what was expected of you but actually liking for yourself and loving yourself for just being you yeah yeah i agree you know i think one of the things i i loved about her was that she would say that the year before we met each other she would go um go to movie theaters every once in a while to just have a date with herself uh-huh. and that's something i love to do for me and i i thought that a wonderful thing that a woman who was just uh-huh. really secure in who she was and have that knowledge of like I'm okay exactly the way I am. Well, it kind of circles back to kind yeah. of dating yeah. yourself. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Having that time, really getting to know yourself. I think it's important to do the work and get to know who you are. What do you want? What's your self-worth? What do you what do you deserve? Well, and the other thing is also what what have you been told by your parents or the people before you? that really I don't say hurt but the things that you've either repeated when you know that it's either a critique that's wrong you know because I think everyone has those moments where they're sitting alone at home and they've got all of the lists of what they're supposed to be and what their mothers and friends have been judgmental about and realizing you know what I'm great the way I am I don't need to You know, I don't need to be a what of person because uh, I should have been married 5 years ago and had it had a baby. I'm I'm a wonderful human being. You know, I help people every day. Yeah. And just getting out of the own head and getting into the present moment and into the body is so so key. Mm-hmm. And that's why she was yeah. different to me. Uh that so she was she was very present with me. Truly. So, Meredith, may I ask you uh under question at this point? So when you this uh, <laughs> so it's impressive that you first have to know yourself worth and self love so i know there are many affirmations out over there people say uh, all the kind of you know uh, affirmations and 
kind of look into the mirror you know louis hay's work that say that mirror work plays a great important role but i think that unless you have the inner shift yeah. with you new just standing in front of the mirror and saying i love you would not work correct so you have to have do the inner work like dominic says and then the that energy was what i felt that you know um dominic would have uh, felt from you that because your energy does speak to the other person so if you were not in a space of your great self love mm-hmm. for yourself and if you were in denial or you know didn't feel um your worth you would have picked up that energy as well and kind of you know uh, not gone ahead so how do you actually do that kind of self work and self worth yeah. uh, so that the energy is your energy is really raised to that extent and you know then a person finds his or her uh, partner i think i think that wow i, I think where it started for me is through journaling <laughs> i'm a big writer so i think that checking in with yourself writing was was a big part of my journey I don't know any different. So I don't know that I can speak to not knowing any different than writing. But I think that for me it was really about checking in with my fears. Okay. What I want. Um a lot of a lot of self-help books. <laughs> well, and, and the other thing is that we were both self-love balance along with our self trepidationated because i think we were both feeling the same area of where we didn't feel we were home one right away but we felt like you know there was enough confidence in there of like you know anymore i'm here just because i'm going to be vulnerable and i don't really care anymore you know when you have that feeling of like i don't care anymore let's just i am I am in the front of the mirror and I'm going to meet this next person I'm going to attract I want to meet my best friend <laughs> but be, but before I met you there was a year and I felt something too and it was such a journey for me and learned from my mistakes yes. and just and just know that next best place <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, so it's really about having a sense of faith uh-huh not giving up yeah and i yeah. think what dominic and said, and also sorry oh, sorry i'm sorry please go ahead dominic i was uh, merited i was just going to say that um i think when you just get to a place where you're okay with where you are you're accepting mm-hmm. that you're okay with just yourself yes that's when it does happen and you're okay <laughs> i don't need anyone anymore you're accepting and all of a sudden they arrive and then they arrive <laughs> ah Well it's uh, you know I think we spoke about this before my favorite metaphor is the seed right the the oak tree comes out of this little acorn and I don't think you've ever heard of an acorn judging themselves why they're not taller yes <laughs> you know and I think that when we when we accept our acornhood or our our mini stockhood and just live in it like all right I'm an acorn I'm lying on the ground then <laughs> that's when the chance that the water comes and the rain and the nutrients and we get to grow uh-huh. but um yeah that acceptance is really really key so um i would just put it in a compromised not compromised in a con- concise way is that you just let go of any expectation uh you accept yourself as you are 
and uh, you don't have any end goal that okay this should be with me this should happen with me or this kind of person should be with me so that's the time when the magic happens and it clicks correct yes i i also think it's important to make a list what you want ah all right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not what you don't want mm-hmm. what you want okay yeah the um the universe is very tricky or it's very simple that when you are asking for things and you're saying i do not want i cannot have that universe will erase the knot and yes. give you exactly what you're talking yes. about so yes. rewording is such a powerful tool Power to it. yeah um and i'd also be careful for what you ask for because <laughs> i remember i made a list Oh. I made a list at one point of exactly what I wanted in a woman and uh-huh. then I had a really terrible date. <laughs> and when I looked back at my list, I said, "Oh gosh, that's exactly what I asked for." <laughs> so I had to rewrite the list. Okay, so that um, is quite a lot of journaling, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, well the, neat, the neat thing and what I've I've got to over the years is uh-huh. that instead of journaling or writing the list about what the person needs to have or look like or be uh-huh i like using the five senses and write a scene of what is happening so you know i would like to be lying in a field on a on a blanket having wine and grapes with this person i would like to hear that person whispering in my ear how much they love me I would like them to, you know, caress my shoulder just when I'm just to know that I that I'm there. Like these are experiences and that really gets into the subconscious layer of what you want. You I mean you can say I would like to meet a doctor who is family oriented, who is um generous with with his money um for all of his family and friends around him and all of these things but those aren't really what you want what you really want is someone to appreciate you for who you are and all those experiences that come with it you know you know and use all the senses the smells like you uh, and you write down in your little journal i'd like to walk into the room and have that smell of the the most delicious curry i've ever smelled in my life and there he is in the kitchen cooking dinner for me you know <laughs> all of these little experiences that could happen and then it triggers your subconscious to be like that's exactly what i want and then you start attracting that person wow like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store i understood the subtle very very subtle difference i hope people who are listening to it and who will be listening to it will understand that when the time comes for them I really mm-hmm. thought that the experiences and the feelings really count more than the practicality of uh, it, and uh, yeah, I got that. I really did. I well, and you can do that with anything. Yeah. I could do it when Meredith was looking to get a promotion uh-huh. um, or to work at a certain school. We did the exact same thing. We went through the five senses uh-huh. of what she would hear from the parents, uh-huh. what she would hear from her boss, what yes. she would see. Uh-huh. Um what kind of smells would be in the in the world around her and it's like she got a really mm-hmm. job that, you know. And I did that with my sister when she was looking for a house where she needed to move to. Uh-huh. You know, and 
I had her put it in terms of the smell of the sea air coming through the window and looking out her window and seeing fields, like whatever she wanted to see and feel. And you can put that to anything that you're trying to manifest or put out into the world. Something that can be an emotional experience with all the five senses. Uh, it will definitely, definitely aid in attracting that. Wow. Tremendous. Thank you both for that tip. Um, mm-hmm. Moving forward to your life again. So you met and you decided to date and then you got into the wonderful relationship and then you decided to marry. So till then we are pretty good. Now what happens is, um, <laughs> so Dominic, last conversation. See where this is going. Yeah. So last uh, conversation when we had, you said you wanted to finish all the drama and fights before the marriage and after marriage you wanted only the honeymoon scene. I remember that very clearly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually told this, okay? So I, it struck me like, ha, huh, okay, here's a guy who knows, like, you know, he didn't want any kind of oh, yeah. mess uh, after, which is very good, you know? So uh, that comes to me, uh, to the question to both of you is, once you both decided, okay, and you know that, you know, uh, despite your good intentions of having a honeymoon, um, continue in your marriage and let go of all the dramas which normally everyone has, there must have been challenges which cropped up as well uh, once you got married. So then how did you both resolve to still be loving and kinding to each other day in and day out? Wow. Yes, definitely there was <laughs> there was a transition period. <laughs> one, one I wasn't sure that I was ever going to experience. I thought once you get married, it's bliss. Ah. <laughs> but boy, yeah. you know, I think that I started a new job. Uh-huh. It was a transition. We we were moving. There's just a lot of transitions. But yeah, I think it was it was definitely hard at the beginning because we were blending our lives, uh, finances. I was learning how to communicate. I was learning how to ask for what I want. Uh, it was it was hard, but I always knew this is who I love, and I was going to do whatever it took to make sure that we were on the same page, even if it meant that I had to be honest and say things that were probably going to be hurtful, but they had they had to be said. And I'm very lucky that Dominic is as strong as he is emotionally because he took it. And cool. and I, I gave it right back. I gave it back, but we really we really learned how to work as a team. And I think that it wasn't easy, I'd say, for the first couple of years. Dom said the other day it was about four years. I thought it was about two, but uh, I guess it's about three. We'll, we'll settle on three. Yeah, but... Um, I feel like now we're in a good place, and this is, we're going on seven, we just hit our seventh year. Of marriage, yeah. Of marriage. Almost ten years together. Wow. I think that it's just about communicating and being compassionate and listening, which I'm still working on, and um, being just there for each other, good times and bad, and... Just being really honest. You know, there are a few things um, about honesty. Yes. You know, um, a lot of people say things like the truth hurts. Yes. Or they use the phrase brutal honesty. Yes. But you don't have to have honesty be, have negative connotations to it. You can have loving honesty, Mm -hmm. not critical honesty. 
So when you're looking at the person, mm-hmm. you want the good parts of them to, to come out more than the bad parts. Yes. And usually the things that you think about them that are not wonderful, they probably think so. It doesn't always seem to be productive to point out something about them that they already... Yeah. Um, And that's one of the things that I've been really cautious about. Like something where if she's come out and she said, I'm sorry, that was really... We actually have have a, a rule in our house. When someone is being vulnerable... Okay. But at the beginning, I would say something vulnerable, saying, "You know what? I, I am just being controlled." She said, "Yeah, you were." Uh-huh. And I said, "Meredith, when someone's being vulnerable, please listen. And it'll create a space that they'll want to do it again." Yeah. You know, but you when you get the yes. when you get the behavior you like, praise it. In a genuine praising, not a sarcastic praising, but when someone actually behaves the way that you want them to, like when she puts the dishes in in the right direction, I say, thank you so much for stacking the dishes in the right way. And when you when you do the laundry or clean up after yourself, I say, thank you so much. Exactly, and then it makes us want to do the same things over and over again. Yeah, But that has taken time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. wow. it has. But yeah, it's nice. Like, really. Uh, so, I think certain uh, ground rules when laid out, and either two, that make a life a little tad easier, right? On both the senses. <laughs> Practical. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We, we actually wrote a, um, uh, an oh, agreement. Okay. Probably our second year into it. And yeah. we, both, we both signed it. I can't remember all of the things. It's written down somewhere. It's done several agreements. No, but this is the main uh-huh. one. And there were some things like, I will agree uh-huh. to take a breath before I respond. I will remember that the person talking to me may have a better intention than I think. And? I remember the person I'm talking to. Is the person that I love most. most in this world. In this world. Yes. Because words you can't take back. You can always apologize and hope that they'll they'll let, forgive and let go. And for some people, it's not so easy. For us, it's actually very easy. We're both very forgiving. And when you know someone's having a bad day, mm-hmm. or we have an argument, and some things are said, you know, there's a moment of that feeling of like, oh my gosh, we said that. We can't take it back. But then, luckily, the other person has been so forgiving that you know, a couple days later. We're still a little remorse about it, but it's all almost like, okay, we can chalk it up and let it go. Mm-hmm. And we get back to focusing on what's most important. Um, but we've had probably maybe three big fights where it was, um, where some things were said, mm-hmm. you know. And luckily, none of us really remember what we said. <laughs> uh, Well, then I do, too. Touche. Touche. I'm going to go write it down. Uh, I'm thinking about it right now. You know, the other thing is we laugh all the time. And so I I always try tactics to get a very intense situation out of... Um, out of it, and so I remember one night mm-hmm. in particular, 
It was a very heated discussion. And I think we talked about before how, in my younger years, I was a very angry person. And uh, I'd worked so hard to kind of let go of that. And uh, both of us grew up in houses where raised voices were a norm. And so I was refusing to raise my voice. But Meredith didn't had practice the same control as me, so she was trying to get a rise out of me. And I went in the other room, and I put on this pair of, of red brief underwear, and I come out and I start talking to her about the conversation. And of course, she started laughing uncontrollably, and the fight was over. And then, and then the other time we were fighting, I was raising my voice. And Dom's like, I'm not going to raise my voice. And so he started whispering. And I started throwing my voice. And I said, I'm not going to raise my voice. You have to whisper. So and I said, I'm not going to whisper. And he goes, you have to whisper. I will not talk to you unless you whisper. So I said, I'm so mad at you. Of course, of course you start laughing. Because the normal thing, the anger... Energy. Anger is fed by volume, energy, and so when you do the opposite, then the anger goes away. It's pretty interesting, you know? We got over that pretty fast. Yeah, we got over that one pretty fast. That's hilarious, but then... I think, I think humor, yeah. humor is so key. But then I think uh, Dominic had yeah. a little bit more control, and uh, so he was able to on the situation around from it being ugly into something which became hilarious and lighthearted and so I think it's very easy so but it's not always going to be the case very when much. people are in yeah. the heat of the moment um, so and they're in their intense passion you know mm -hmm. and that kind of environment so how do you think I mean you know because you need to be so much uh, controlled and you have to practice being controlled so that when such a situation arises at least one person is cool enough to take a back step right so there must be some other way like because these are the things mm -hmm. which happen in everyday life and thus it does take an ugly turn and then like you know uh, yeah. the words which come out in anger cannot be you know forgotten easily and in some cases uh, forgiven easily either so what you would what would you both recommend to um, mm -hmm. couples in this case that are in the heat at the moment? <laughs> Number one, I would just... Mm -hmm. The 10-second rule is really important. Uh, just breathe and just walk in different... Go into different rooms. Mm -hmm. Don't slam the door, but just be in the other room and just be in silence. And, you know, we've never gone to bed angry. Right. We've mm -hmm. always figured it out. And I think that is key too. And you always have to apologize for what you're accountable for. And that's really difficult for lots of people. I think Meredith was very quick to apologize uh, all the time. All the time. But a lot of it wasn't in, mm -hmm. wasn't fully genuine. Yeah. Because she just wanted it to be over. And that so she'd come back and apologize. But I could tell that it wasn't coming from a place of vulnerability. It was coming from a place of, I'm going to apologize, but you're still wrong. What are you sorry for? What are you sorry for? What are you sorry for? And, I mean, the, when we really take that time, it's really just to go into that room and say, okay, what could I do better? And both of us do that. 
And so when we come back, you know, I don't have to apologize for all of the things that make her feel that way, but I can apologize for raising my voice, you know. I'm really sorry that I raised my voice. I know it wasn't appropriate. And she says, I'm sorry I called you that. And then sometimes I made her... <laughs> I made her apologize to the door for slamming it. Uh, <laughs> I made her apologize to the refrigerator. Grading <laughs> it, but I, I think I think it's just part of the relationship, yes. learning each other's rhythm and seeing what their triggers are. Because now I can catch myself when I'm really upset with something, and I'm able to go into the room and say, I need time, I need some space, and then I can circle back when I'm calmer. But that's taken years to get to that place. So (laughs) I understand for people who can't do that, it takes time. It's difficult. Well, we call it a part of a part of her alter ego, Bob. <laughs> so when Bob was out, I'm, that was difficult to uh, communicate. She's a fiery Latina. <laughs> She's spicy. Yeah. No. no one would know that, though. No, no. I like the humor in both of you, and you're laughing at it right now. <laughs> so it's, I know it's been a journey for both of you as well, and. Uh, did you really have write down any like um, since um, you got together? Did you both write down any kind of relation goals which you keep in front of you uh, so that you know that you're on the right track and you need to do this? Was there any kind of compulsion to do that? Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Um, yeah, I think we that's kind of what we did together. We wrote down, don't we write goals every year? We do goals around, every year. Like around, around New Year's, New Year's. right? Um, They're always different. Um, uh-huh. We'll also do vision boards together. Yeah. Do you, um, do you do vision boards at all, Shashi? Boards. I have heard of vision boards. Um, but the thing is, what happens is, um, I know that vision boards, yeah. uh, at least for me, uh, it works um, professionally. So I know that it would work in the other rooms as well. Um, so I was just thinking, um, this relationship goes because every year you change as every year what? Every, um, probably every moment of the, you know, each person is evolving and changing. So you both were not who you were at first when you met. So you keep evolving, mm-hmm. changing your ideas, perception changes. Mm-hmm. Is other environment as well, your external environment, your workplace, all puts yeah. your, um, you know, a different kind of perspective. So, but the thing that keeps both of you together um, to keep the romance alive, uh, because after a few years, uh, you know, in marriages, um, it doesn't get to be stale and um, I will not say stale, but the excitement, the zing sort of goes out, I think. So, yeah. how do you both uh, keep the zing alive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you keep the excitement alive or being together as a couple, you know? That is because <laughs> red underwear. Red underwear. Yes. You know, no, I think yeah. well, we were we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. I think I think what it's so important yeah. is to really understand each other's love language. Uh huh. And I think when you keep that alive, the pa- the passion can still be there. Yes. Yeah. So mine is quality time. 
And mine is um, acts of service. Dom's is acts of service. So, so just doing. Like, yeah. Instead so of her asking if, I, if she wants me, if I want her to make dinner, she just says, I'm making dinner. And she does it. I go, oh, it feels so good. I don't need to worry about that. And then for me, it's like, let's having tea. We have tea time every day. Mm-hmm. And or so I'll say, honey, let's sit down and have tea. Ah. And I know that that's fulfilling her. I think those little things are so important. And I think... Oh, just we just love each other. It's just well, I think it's and easy. The idea of intimacy isn't yeah. just um, you know the carnal experience, but it it's a level of the full body experience. So life gets in the way sometimes, and you don't have time, and you feel stressed. But you can always rub the other person's shoulders. You can always get some lotion and rub each, rub each other's feet. We actually have a rule in our in our house that no one is allowed to say no to a small mini massage. Mm-hmm. So she could any time of the day can say, "Can I please have? Can you work on my shoulders?" And I have to say yes. I say, "Can you please rub my feet?" And she say she has to say yes. Most of the time, I do. But if it's a full body massage, <laughs> you have to make it a place. <laughs> That's a special treat. <laughs> but it, it, and even if you don't have, like I said, a lot of time, I think uh-huh. what gets in the way for a lot of people yes. is schedules, yes. kids, time. Uh-huh. Even if you take a nap, a 20-minute nap, and you hold hands, uh-huh. or you just cuddle in bed, and it's just, uh-huh. you know, 10 minutes, set an alarm, you know, Set your Amazon Echo Dot for 10 minutes and just lie in bed yeah. and close your eyes and just be with each other and breathe. Yeah. That's still intimacy. It's those, little, it's those little things. Making a bath for your partner. Yes. Yeah. Making, Making tea. a cup of tea, a coffee. Because Absolutely. apparently it's always exactly. better when the other person makes I mean, it for you. you. <laughs> person feels special and love <laughs> by doing the small acts, you know. Uh, and, and when it's appreciated for having done, yeah. you know, it yeah. does give a glow to the other person like, okay... That's nice to be acknowledged as well. I think people forget the small, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. qualities of acknowledging and saying thanks. And, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Dom, Dom and I don't have children, but what I want to say is that yes, that for those that do have kids, I think you have to remember that you met your husband or your partner first. Or them first. Mm-hmm. And you always should make time for each other first. I think that's really important. Mm. Yes. Date night. Mm-hmm. You know, date hour. You know, have the kids yeah. go somewhere for an hour so you can at least just have an hour with each other. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, that, I think that's just so important. That's important. And what, uh, since you both mentioned that um, you both are yet to have kids, though you're married uh, and you're going to, um, how do you visualize yourself um, say uh, 10 years from now so that will give you like 20 years of marriage alright and what happens then uh, because then by that time you will mm-hmm. be in your say 50s or give or take a little bit more than that and then mm-hmm. you know um, <clears throat> um, many mm-hmm. people say like the yeah, the, the physical intimacy has become stale uh, they are looking for new exciting things and mm-hmm. Uh, people do cheat on their partners Mm -hmm. okay so like how do you like it's really not nice to go in that way 
but yeah. uh, on the other hand when like you know you every day you yeah. can't have uh, like a sandwich so they're looking for something a different dish to eat kind of thing but then this is not a different dish to eat and you need a you know <laughs> more to life uh, yeah. and marriage than just having a uh, physical flings with others and cheating on your spouses how do you um how would you tell people mm-hmm. to stay loyal for what were they can they must and you know that's how they keep together right i mean so say envision both yourselves like say 50 plus you have children and they are teenagers they are going to the college on their own and then this question does mm-hmm. sometime will rise up so what what do you mm-hmm. you have any plans to come to that kind of challenge when you come to it Well, it's tough because we uh-huh. can't speak for people that got married young, didn't know themselves, and had children, uh-huh. and then they may have grown into different ways. Because, yes, I would love everyone who chooses marriage to hold that as a holy and uh, a, you know a, a beautiful union that can be held for the rest of their life. But that only that only works when you grow with the person, and we've seen. friends of ours or people that we know that have grown apart because they got married early and there wasn't that communication all the way through yeah. a lot of a lot of people they played roles yes. they played the breadwinner yes they played the housemate the housekeeper yes. they played the child raiser mm-hmm. they played the authoritarian you know and that's not really living that's that's playing that's fulfilling a role but it's you know you got it's about the people yeah in the relationships with the people so instead of looking at at you know my wife as the one who is the emotional support in the family you know i we talk about the same things we actually treat everything as a partnership so that we're on the same page for everything in the house if we did have kids then we would be co-parenting every month when we do the bills we financially sit down together and we go over all the bills together so there's never one person doing one thing while the other person does the other it's like we do delegate but we both know what's going on in the house and i think i mean that doesn't answer the question of people who want to cheat but that does something that that really makes people go into the partnership and not just fulfill the role of husband and fulfill the role of wife mm-hmm. now for those people who have wandering eyes which i think both men and women do yes and there's something not fully fulfilled they should be speaking up and asking for what they want and maybe going to counseling and figuring out how the two of them can come together Yes. Because every action has a consequence in this world and you have to be willing to live with the consequences if you're going to take the action. <laughs> and I know for myself if I happen to see a pretty lady out there and I wanted to act on it, I know that the consequence could be that I would never see Meredith again in my life and I would never make that action knowing that that could be a consequence. So for others that may not be the case. We've had these conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it can happen to anybody. Yeah. You can grow apart. We don't but it's that's the risk of being in love. Yeah. Being married. You just never know what going what life is going to do or Yeah. And she yeah. Meredith has asked me in the past she said, "Well, what hap- what what would happen if, you know, you turn 
55 and you realize that we don't have kids and you want a kid. And I said, well, honestly, I can't answer that right now, but I know that every year we can talk about it and I think we're on the same page. Yes. And the next year I think we're on the same page. Um, and I certainly hope that every year till, you know, death do us part that we're on the same page. But, you know, life is a very unique thing. And I think having that in the back of your mind that the only thing that constant constant in this world is chaos and change. And as long as I show up and I put in my best effort and she shows up and puts in her best effort, that's all we can ask for. Agreed. I think it's um, the way I'm hearing you both. It's more of a conscious effort, um, which everyone does. And somewhere down the line, um, like their life, their career, their challenges of what it may be gets put in and then they lose touch with themselves and lose touch mm-hmm. with each other and hence all the other stuff then comes in when attention is not given like Meredith says in spite of having a child you need to put your partner first mm-hmm. and so you know make the person yeah. feel special and I think the same goes mm-hmm. that yeah. um, the husband also before putting his parents or his work first puts his wife first and um, that's at least would keep the relationship yes. going to some great extent. Well, you say, I think you have to have each other's back. You have to have each other's back. I, um, when we'd been over at my parents and, you know, something was said maybe in a way that was derogatory mm-hmm. towards her, even if it wasn't meant that way, I've been very quick to say, no, that's not okay. Yeah. You know, we have each other's back. And anytime that someone has in my family has made a dig at me that she's always stuck up for me. And we've never argued in front of our families. We've never argued in public. We always, that's something that we deal with. We always have a united front in public. That's for sure. But um, to go back to what you were saying about the the feeling, the feelings change and all of that, it's not going to happen instantaneously. That's something that happens over the years. You know, drifting apart or feeling neglected, that is a gradual thing that leads up to someone cheating, which means if they're not being honest through the years, then, that's the, then they're not communicating. Right. Mm-hmm. So that could be avoided. So do you both um, <laughs> take off together um, or um, do things like, I know, uh, say your vows once again a year or something just to remind yourself? and each other that come what may you have each other's back you do something like that um really no no, we're gonna do our we do our vows Mm -hmm. at some point probably at 10 years we'll do it we do our vows um we talk you know know, every probably every beginning of every year we kind of check in and like Uh you said set goals or intentions for the year and uh, we do check in i remember we did one thing it was one over Christmas break and New Year's where I said, hey, let's try something. Wow. And we did, gave ourselves a spa day. And I did oh, two, 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 two exercises at home. I, I uh-huh. wrote down and I had her write down all of the things that she was critical of about me. And I got to write down all the things I was critical about her. And the rule was you have to sit there and listen without talking. And you hear it. And then you breathe, and you just, because it's probably something that you're thinking about yourself, mm-hmm. and you just say, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, a few hours later, in the afternoon, you write down all of the praise 
that you have for that person and all the successes that you've seen mm -hmm. them and all the things that you admire about them. And then the person has to sit there and listen to mm -hmm. all of it without saying a word. And usually it's the praise has exactly. a lot more yes. um, yeah. input than, than the critical part. Yeah. Just, but that is interesting <laughs> why, you know, when you have to write the critical part, you know, the other person has to sit down and listen and not talk because that's a time when temper's going to, you know, fly. And then, you know, it, uh, so that is the thing that, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're hearing it out. And afterwards, do you um, sort of also have a discussion uh, when the critical thing comes up? Because appreciation is always appreciated by the critics. Like, yeah. So do you have a healthy discussion without raising yeah. your saying, Okay, this is what I am. So how do you, uh, then you support each other to overcome that? Yeah. Is that so? Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and that's a. Di I think that's a yeah. different conversation. I think uh -huh. hearing it and verbalizing it mm -hmm. can be very healing in itself. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. let's say Meredith has a deep-seated fear okay. that she's needy, uh -huh. and that I would leave her because she's needy. So when I actually bring to light. And her fear is that she's worried about what would happen if I found out she was needy. <laughs> and so when I actually say, I feel that that in this mm -hmm. last year that you've been really emotionally needy, it could be hurtful for a moment, but she can finally breathe a sigh of relief that I'm still here, that I'm with you because you are this way. Not to spite it, yeah. because yeah. I know I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? And... Uh -huh. And I, I am controlling. Um, I have, a, I have a very strong opinion of how things should go. And I married a strong woman who tells me her opinion. <laughs> and, and I do. <laughs> and we don't always agree. Yeah. But that's okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a technique. I would probably have do it with someone who is guiding you through it <laughs> instead of just doing it yourself. <laughs> because I mean, we 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 done so much work on ourselves and with each other that we were there in a space of like, I'm ready to hear truth. You know, um, I don't know. Everyone is in that position or, or ready to hear something like that, but it's definitely a calm space, and you read it or hear it in a calm space. But like hearing critique can be difficult. Yeah. But sometimes it's not that difficult. I think it's the anticipation of hearing something you don't want to hear. But you know what? It allows you to hear others' criticism. Yeah. A little bit easier. Because when you're actually ready for it, and you say, "Okay, I'm not allowed to speak. I'll just listen." And then, you know, you listen to all of it, and you may want to disagree, but at the very end, you just say, okay, I've heard everything you said, and now you turn around and you say, can I read mine? Yeah. yeah. So, but... Yeah. Yeah. And at the very end, you're in the same boat, right? Very interesting. Absolutely interesting, actually. So you... Uh, but I uh, really got to say this. Um, I think, though you did mean it as an example, but it was... Uh, true. So, so, so you come across many people who are really needy of being in a relationship, and people do get repulsed by it. But you, on the other hand, said, "Okay, that's how it is. It's okay because you're not perfect." Mm. But that's a perfect way of looking at things and not rejecting a person just because he or she seemed to be needy. Yeah, I, I think 
mm-hmm. for me personally when we had this conversation. I just wanted to be seen as me and not as the man, the um, the husband, the father. I wanted to be seen as Dominic, who was unique and different and may not fulfill all of the roles exactly the way she's expecting them to be. Um, that was, we actually had a conversation early on because I'm more of an artist type in this and, you know, a massage therapist. And at the time, uh-huh. I was not making a lot of money and she was, you know, making a lot more than me. And I said, I need you to be okay that I may not have a steady paycheck every month that's the exact same amount that's very predictable and where you are in your career you may always make a little more than me and I, I would need you to be okay with that before we get into this because uh-huh. you just I need you to accept me for where I am yes. I'll accept for you where you are and that may flip-flop but I can't go into a relationship with an expectation that I better be doing this I better be right. making this amount I better be this and it's the same thing. I would not want her to go into it saying, well, I see that you're working right now and you love your career, but you better be in the kitchen. You better be at home. You better be raising the kids. You know, we had to be very accepting of where we're at, where we're at and what that trajectory could be. Yeah, but that wasn't always easy either. No, it wasn't easy, but it was still a conversation. Though. Yeah, yeah. How do you both? That is like you're accepting each other just as they are without any expectations of what could be the future and that that itself takes off a big load from both your heads I think yeah. uh, and you're in the comfort zone to be as you are with the other person because mm-hmm. you, the other person does not expect you in a certain way so that itself is a big burden off your shoulders I think right uh-huh. and as soon as she removes that burden off then I, I feel I go I want to make more than her I want to be that husband and that father figure because I want to do it not because I feel that she needs me to do that, but it's because that's something I want to do for her. And, you know, and she may feel the same way about the things that the man may want of a woman to be. You know, it's like instead of like, proje- and, you know, a lot of women say, oh, I need to change my man. <laughs> I'm going to train him. <laughs> right? You know, the more you accept your man exactly the way he is, the more he's going to start realizing when he's being childish. When he's being pandered by his mommy, <laughs> and and he'll realize it on his own when you're more accepting. Yeah, true, true. I right? agree with Dominic. So, Meredith, that when Dominic came into that, saying that okay, he wanted to um, let us put it this way, you know, give more and cherish you more by earning more and providing for you more. I guess even you let your femininity or your feminine energy be the receiving part of that, right? You didn't have, sure. you didn't want to, you know, this is very common to sure. that, you know, women want to just be fighting and being as equal as the man and putting on the trousers. It's like, and I think that's the kind of thing like really puts off men at some level of point. I mean, you're right. talking for relationship here and not your career goals. And, uh, uh would you like to share uh, something on that, uh, Meredith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is give and take in the relationship for us. Um, I think that when we first met, when Dom did tell me that he was going to, or he may not, may not make as much money as myself, 
Or I may not have the uh, yeah. predictable yeah. schedule, things like that. Yeah, I, you know, I was, I was uh-huh. nervous about that, but as time went by, I realized that I really want an equal partner and someone that there's give and take. And once I finally did let go and accept where he was, I think it got better for us. And I think it got better for him. I think he's mm-hmm. kind of finding his way right now. Getting in the groove. Yeah, you're in the groove. Well, and, and it's funny because we do have um, different division of labor in the house. Yeah. We, we kind of find we a rhythm. A tradi- of- we have a traditional, but we don't have a traditional relationship because yeah. mm-hmm. Dom is an incredible cook. And he he's very handy, so he likes to fix things and and make dinner, and he even does laundry. <laughs> but you know, he likes to order out. And then I like to order out. Yeah, so that's how it works. <laughs> no, but um, I think the division of labor isn't quite defined, but we know that we take care of each other in one way, shape, or form, and it's just. It just is. It just works. And we also know that when uh-huh. one of us has a, a stressful month ahead, uh-huh. um, we address that in our in our family meetings, um, so that I know right now she's going back to work or she's only been back to work a few weeks, and I've said, hey, I will cook, you know, most mm-hmm. of the days during the week because I know your workload is really busy right now, you know, and then on the weekends that she, mm-hmm. you know, she says, okay, I'll cook on the weekends, I'll do this, and we're always try to figure out how we can be there for the other person. And there are times when um, we've had to say, hey, I really need your help with this. I feel a little bit like I'm taking too much of of the responsibility here, and I really need your help. And even if the other person is like, ugh, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. They go, okay, I hear you. This is what I can do. Yeah. And, you know, because life is life, and um, you just got to find a way through it. But we're going through it together, not I'm doing you when I've been working so hard all by there. myself. We've been there. We've been there, but... Yeah. I think each other's happiness first, okay? Helps a great deal in the relationship. Putting happiness first. Yeah, putting, each, putting each other's happiness first. You don't want, like, to set you from, you know, workload and stuff like that. So, you know, will that also, will that help uh, when you think, okay? I think there's a combination of self-love and love for the other. In an ideal uh-huh. relationship, uh-huh. if you're fully giving, if the other person hasn't been trained to do that, <laughs> then that, and so it's very important to have the self-love, have them take baths, uh-huh. you know, sleep in your own bedroom every once in a while. Yes. Um, but I think there's a level of self-love instead of just, if you guys are at that point, if where both people are used to doing this, then if you are usually the giver and you're, you know, that the other person is a little bit more experience to give to yourself. And that's not selfish, that's... Um, so there should be an equal balance then, because a person just giving and then they also, you know, I mean, he or she feels depleted and doesn't lead anywhere, and they feel that they give so much more, and then it becomes a mathematical equation as who's giving more and who's taking more and not reciprocated and stuff like that comes in the whole scene, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes for a cost, then yeah. it goes from the pain. Love, you're actually, you're being fulfilled by, by source and by the God energy. Your energy... You know, where you're giving and that's your energy. You're giving as a and that way you can give to yourself as well. So you're not being depleted as much. No, I'm just saying that that when you're full your root chakra and coming through your your seventh chakra, when you're you know loving yourself and loving your your partner, knowing that you're a conduit. And um, in India, unlike the Western countries, uh, once a lady gets married, she's expected 
um, most of the times um, to take care of the in-laws and then the children come along. Um, now, of course, the things are slightly different, but then somewhere down the line, um, there's more giving from the ladies and more receiving from the guys sometimes and vice versa sometimes. So how does it, mm-hmm. because relationship is always not a business deal, right? You get so much and you get so much profit. Right. It's it's something beyond that. So, you know, when a person is feeling depleted um, and then how do you tell them, okay, uh, you know, uh, you have to love yourself first before you love the other person. So how do how does a person really manage to get to that place again from all these years of self neglect? Mm. Oh, that's tough. That's a great question. That's a great question. And not being brought up in a culture where that was prevalent, it's hard for us to really offer too much input in that. But what what I would suggest is that if you're in a marriage, even though it may be traditional in that sense, mm-hmm. if you have a partner that's at least willing to listen and have an open line of communication, that may be help enough to have that empathy and understanding. Because sometimes just having someone hear you yes. when you've had a stressful day, yes. not trying to fix it, yeah. but just listening, can be really powerful. But as far as taking time for yourself, we have some friends or I have some people I've worked with that are very, very busy women. Yes. And we've had them wake up maybe an extra half an hour early uh-huh. just to have a cup of tea with themselves and look at the wall and breathe. And that is recharging. That's self-love. Mm-hmm. But when they go to bed at night, they put the kids down to sleep. They take a bath and take a cup and scoop hot water over their head to kind of wash off the day. There are things that you can put in your day whether going on a walk by yourself in the morning or the afternoon, setting aside, setting a two-minute timer and shutting the doors, closing your eyes and letting yourself med- not even have to meditate, but just close your eyes and breathe for two minutes. You know, these are all levels of, of self-love. And I know it's it must be really hard for people that have never been taught that. Mm-hmm. That it's always you always have to be there for the other person. Yeah. Yes. And then the, the elders or the in-laws probably expect that. Absolutely, no. Um, so that's, that's probably got to be a really difficult way to navigate. Yeah. I mean, I'm just starting self-love now. Yeah. At age 46, you know, I'm just really understanding what does self-love mean? What, what are the things that you can do to mm-hmm. feel good? Just those little things. Right. Yeah, it is the little things. And I truly hope... Uh, when I'm sharing this with um, others, um, they'll gain from this a great deal more and uh, perhaps make their lives, own lives easier in some way. And it does release a great lot of tension and stress which they're undergoing right now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, of course. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know with, with COVID and the way, you know, People have been locked down in all different countries and have different restrictions and families there the whole time. Yes. Self-love is so important right now. Mm-hmm. And, and taking a moment for yourself is so important. And also ex- sharing your feelings with others. When you feel despair, huh. when you feel alone. Huh. Um, I, I was doing videos for people last year when I was going on walks and I know Meredith and I have lots of coping skills and tools uh-huh. about you know community yes 
But one of the things I would say for people that would reach out that say, well, I don't have anyone. I don't live with my family.、Uh-huh. My response was, well, then you need to find a community. That's up to you to find it. And if you feel alone,、yes. then find, find a woman's group. Find a men's group. Find a group of people that have similar situations and put yourself in a position where you can feel empowered. I'm sure there's a support group or a forum for、um, women who do not like their in laws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I believe so. They are. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they can go on for the whole day talking about each other's mother in law. I've come across.、Um, Uh, certain ladies like that. So that, that's a never ending、oh, topic、sure. in India. <laughs> the mother in law and daughter in law. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's,、oh、it's so、gosh. popular out over there. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, what Dominic said is right as well. Like these、uh, people who, who are lonely and、um, who seem to be、um, not in any kind of place、uh, and they're missing their office colleagues as well. Uh, in these times, especially, so the loneliness almost presses them even further. So that's a good idea、mm-hmm. that they should find out for themselves. No one's going to be doing that for them. They should find out the groups they want to be associated with or their like tribe or something and get going. Of, you know, yeah, because no one knows what you're going through.、Yeah. You're the only one that really knows what、Absolutely. you're going through. That's a very, very, very、yeah. interesting、uh, tip you have given, Dominic. Thank you so much for that as well. Sure.、Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And、uh, would you like to share anything else, Meredith? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, tips for women tips? out there? Any tips? <laughs> I, think, I think personally, the most important thing is just be patient, accept it, communicate, self love, take time for yourself. And always remember if you're in a marriage and you have children. Remember to take time out for the person that you married first.、Mm-hmm. I think、mm-hmm. it's important、True. to connect.、Yeah. I think that's kind of it. Yeah. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So interesting. So very, very interesting. And Dominic, any last word from you? As, not as last word, sorry, please delete that. Any other tips you may care to share? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dominic.、Yeah. I didn't mean it that way. I said I just wanted to. That's quite all right. <laughs> I love that. Um, for, the, for the men, yeah. be vulnerable, ask for help, and be willing to receive help.、Mm-hmm. Because your wife may not judge you the way you think she will, she may actually have empathy for you. and... I think that every wife wants their husband to feel valued and to feel like the man he wants to feel like. And there is so much strength in saying that I'm having problems.、Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not going well for me. There's power in that vulnerability, and it makes you more of a man to admit those things. Right, absolutely. Have no shame. Yeah. And no stiff upper lip either. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Thank you both so much. And laugh. Yes, laugh. Yes. And laugh. Yes. yes. yes.
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Meredith. Thank you so much, Dominic. Lovely speaking to both Thank of you. Thank you, Shashi. And it was lovely speaking with you too. And um, really, really thank you both for being so open, honest, vulnerable. And do pardon me if I traded on some ground which made you uncomfortable. Now we love those questions. <laughs> yeah, we're good. <laughs> good. Thank you both so much, and um, hope to see you both again uh, on another session. And Dominic, would you like to share where our viewers can reach out to you should they need um, any assistance? Uh, yes, I for the coaching and energy work that I do, you can find me. There are two different websites. You can find me at dominicqh dot com. That that's d o m i n i c q h dot com. And you can also find me at iamhealingsf.com. That's the letter I, the letter M is in Mary, healing sf like San Francisco. dot com. Fabulous! Thank you so much. All right, thank you so much, Shashi. Thank you. Thank right, you so much. Shashi. Cheers. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Sochcast. What is your Soch? Send us your comments on our Facebook page and Instagram page. It's time for you to do your own Sochcast at Sochcast. Apni Soch, dunia ko sunao. Sochcast.